ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhunt, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, 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 my goddess. I have a confession to make. I am burnt the fuck out. (laughs) I have been feeling so much burnout lately. Just overwhelmed to the point where about a week ago, I was sitting on my basement floor right in front of the dryer, folding Shay's laundry and snotting (laughs) into the dirty laundry as I had a total meltdown. Just sitting in the basement with all of this laundry crying and I was sick and there was snot coming from every direction. And I texted my best friend, I... I just can't do it anymore. And I, I can't even tell you what it was, right? It was like, well, was it doing my work as a women's empowerment coach and speaker and podcaster? Was it being a mom? Was it being a wife? Was it being a human? Or was it just the collective overwhelm that I was feeling? So this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast, soon to be renamed, is all about women's burnout and what we can do about it. And I'm going to share with you what I've been feeling, what I've been experiencing, what I hear and see in clients, as well as I put a survey out to my newsletter population, which by the way, if you're not on my newsletter, get on that because that's the way to find out when I'm doing free classes, when I'm doing free events, which I do many times throughout the year. That's the way to find out if I have a new program coming up, if there's a discount or an early bird rate on it. It's the way to find out if I have special guests or speakers or what I'm talking about on the podcast in case you miss an episode. So make sure that you get on that. Go to purposegirl.com and sign up for the newsletter right there on the homepage and you will be the first to know of all those things. I put out a survey to my newsletter list and I got tons of responses about the challenges of being a woman and of course burnout and overwhelm were at the top of the list. So today we're going to talk about that and I'm going to share what I am doing in real time since that day on my cold, hard, concrete, unfinished basement floor. First, let's talk about what's going on with us women So Deloitte did a study, the Women at Work 2022, a global outlook study, where they got responses from more than 5,000 women in the workplace. And no surprise to any of us, nearly half of them are burnt out. Many looking for a new job because of the burnout. And that is up from the year before. It's up from men. 53% of the women surveyed said that their stress levels are higher than they were a year ago. Again, not a surprise. We all had the pandemic, but a year ago we had the pandemic. But now it's, we've all been through this stressful time, figured out how to take care of all of the household stuff, how to work from home, how to juggle it all, how to do it. And now we're back in the buildings of work or back more full time. And the stress is overwhelming. 
right? It's why we're seeing what they're calling the great resignation, all these people leaving their work. And I get it. I left my job a number of years ago, not because of overwhelm for me, but because it's like, well, if I'm going to spend all this time working and I'm going to put in all my energy and all my effort, I want it to be for me. I want it to at least be for something I like am so passionate about, something that are my dreams. And that's what we're seeing. McKinsey did a similar study, the Women in Workplace study, and this is in 2021, found nearly the same number of women. Almost half of the women said that they're totally burnt out, more than they were in the last time they did this study, and more than men. So our stress levels are higher than men. We know that women are still taking on the majority of household care. Research study I looked at showed 58% of household care is cared for by women, 70% of childcare still done by women. And yet we're in the workforce in almost equal numbers. So it's like, well, what, what do we do when we're still the bulk of childcare, still the bulk of household care, and we're trying to get ahead, we're trying to have fulfillment, we're trying to have a career, and we're trying to get laundry done. And if you're anything like me, since school has started, you've been sick. I mean, so this has been our situation in our house. Shay started school like the first week of September and we have been sick for two months. Now, at this moment, none of us are sick. So poo-poo-poo, knock on wood. By the way, if you don't know, poo-poo-poo is the knock on wood in Jewish speak. So like all of the things, I'm knocking on the desks and everything else, that it stays this way. I know when you start your two-year-old in daycare or in preschool, you're going to be sick for a year. I get it. I've heard it from everybody. But we've had three rounds of being sick. Well, I'm also trying to do such a good job as a mama, as a wife, as a daughter, as a friend as a coach, as a business owner. I have a team of five people. I want to do right by them. I want to be able to do work that supports them and their families. I want to do right by my clients. I want each one of them to feel so held. I want to do right by you, that you feel my energy and my love and my support out into these airwaves. And it's overwhelming. It's just overwhelming. And so there I was on my very hard, cold, very unfinished basement floor, snotting into the dirty laundry, which one of my friends said, well, at least you're not snotting into the clean laundry. (laughs) So true. But I think I needed that moment. Because what I found in that moment, and yes, I'm going to start crying, you all know me, is if I'm going to be 100% honest, I haven't been taking very good care of myself. Now, self-care for women is often very misunderstood. Self-care for women is often thought of as, well, if I can just get like a half-hour workout in, that's good enough. Or if I can just get a mani-pedi in, that's good enough. Or just get like a shower in, that's good enough. And I'm going to say that that is not good enough. Those are not ultimate self-care. The bubble bath is not what is going to solve the overwhelm. I love me a bubble bath. And I am taking a lot more of them right now. And I'm going to share with you exactly what I'm doing for self-care. And I love me a Manny and Petty. Love, love, love. But sisters, that isn't the ultimate luxurious, like, oh, I'm doing for myself. But then it's not like, okay, I had a Manny Petty for one hour this week, but the other 167 hours of the week, I'm just going to grind myself to the bone. I'm just going to give of myself and give up myself all the freaking time and say yes to everybody else's request, even though I want to say no. Like, what are we doing with the other 167 hours of the week? What are we doing with the other 23 hours of the day? Most women I know are burning the candle at both ends. And so when I sat there on the floor, 
the card, concrete. I cannot emphasize this enough. I don't have a nice basement floor. And I'm snotting into the laundry. And I texted my dear friend Stacy and said, I just don't know that I can do it anymore. What I was saying is I can't live like this anymore. That getting the Manny and Petty is amazing and I love it, but it's not enough. And taking a bubble bath and I probably do more self-care. Like when I say I haven't been taking very good care of myself, I would wager a bet that I do more self-care than 90% of women because I get myself a latte or a cappuccino almost every day because I do get Manny and Petty's maybe every couple of weeks because I do have a husband who so beautifully takes care of our child more than I do because I work a little bit more than he does because he does our laundry and he'll do the grocery shopping and he'll take care of so many things. So I probably do more self-care than 90% of women and it hasn't been enough. And it hasn't been enough because of how I've been defining self-care. So I'm just going to out myself right now that I may have talked a really good game on this podcast and learned from other mentors and known myself and been able to coach other women on this. But beyond the manicure and the bubble bath and going for a run or a walk every once in a while. And listen, again, I take much better care than most, right? Like we just spent a month in Italy and that was like a month of feeding my soul and nourishing my soul. And I have a therapist who I talk to every week and she's incredible. And I have a coach that I talk to almost every day and she's incredible. So again, I have more self-care than the majority. But it's not enough. And it's not enough because those are all external actions. Those are all, yes, I love it. I have to have my therapist to talk through things. I have to have my coach to support me on my business and my work and helping me work through how to expand and become even more of the woman I want to be. But my biggest issue is that I've been living in many ways based on fear and not based on absolute knowing and belief and trust and abundance. So what does it mean that things have been more based in fear? It means that I have been doing a lot of people-pleasing and a lot of putting others first, even when my heart and soul said, I can't do that. I also realized my fear brain has been so on overdrive since becoming an entrepreneur, since having my own business and doing my purpose thing, that she kind of makes me go crazy thinking I'm not enough all the time. So even if I'm getting the Manny Patty, even if I'm taking the bubble bath, the dialogue in my head has been, you're not doing enough. Well, what does that lead me to do? Well, then I better do even more. So I announced the Institute of Women where there was no website, no logo, didn't even know the program. So it's okay, well, I got to launch the first program. So I did Rebirth. Amazing. Had over 300 women signed up. It was a free three-day program. And then, okay, what's the next program? Right, again, my that part of my brain is saying, well, it's not enough that you just serve 300 women. You have to do the next thing. And you weren't paid for that. And what if we end up not having any money? And what if the roof 
goes in? And what if we end up in a cardboard box? And what if this all fails? You've got to do something, right? And so it's like, okay, I got to do the next thing because I have five staff people to take care of and our home to take care of and my child to take care of. So what's the next thing? Okay, becoming. I knew that that was going to be the first course that I was going to teach and offer. And so, okay, now we go into becoming and we're going to launch that. Well, that finishes. Okay, what's the next thing? And all of that is based in fear. If I'm not doing the next thing, not only am I not doing enough, but that it's all going to fall apart. That part of my brain wants to tell me that if I'm not doing, 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 I'm going to become obsolete. You all are going to stop listening to the podcast. You're going to stop caring. You're never going to want to do my programs. I'm going to go away. I'm going to have to fold this all up. I'm going to have to end up in a cardboard box starving, right? And it's like, in reality, I will never let it get to that point. I will go work at Starbucks. They have health insurance for their employees. I'll probably get all the lattes that I can drink. It sounds actually kind of nice and kind of fun to make lattes and talk to all the customers. Like I used to be a waitress in college. I loved it. So in reality, I would never let it get to a cardboard box where my child can't eat and we don't have a roof over our head. And that is where my fear brain goes. And so that fear brain has had me on a treadmill a treadmill at freaking nine out of 10 speed, running, running, running at like the lightning speed since I started Purpose Girl 10 years ago or 12 years ago. I distinctly remember a time in 2014, Josh and I had just gotten married. I had become a stepmom. We had just planned the wedding. I had my first group program running ever. I was planning my second group program. I had a full load of individual clients Josh had just started working in my business. And so all the breadwinning was on me. And I remember laying in bed, bags under my eyes and just like haggard hair. It was a different house then. And from the bed, there were like the mirrored closet doors right in front of me. And I could see this absolute exhaustion. It was like my face was like gray. My hair all over the place, crazy. And all that voice told me is, keep going. You got to do more. And then I would convince myself, well, I'm going to go for a mani-pedi and that felt so good. Okay, now I can do more. And I was able to keep getting up. And let me tell you, during that time we were having the miscarriages and then the anxiety went overboard, right? And I'm like being so brutally honest with you right now. And I would do some healing and then I would get right back up because I never actually worked the self-care of that deeper, deeper, deepest voice. That has told me to drive, 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 do more. That voice wants to tell me that no one likes me. And so that voice has me become a chameleon in front of a lot of people. She's always like, well, how do I participate in this group? How do I? And listen, that served me really well when I was in middle school and high school and in college and after college, because I could fit into any group. I could fit in with anyone. And so I was able to make a lot of friends. But that's the voice, that chameleon voice that has me say yes to plans when I really, really, really want to say no, when I really want to say I'm too tired. That voice has me say yes to do partnerships with people that then I end up wanting to back out of because I I don't have a space for it. I don't have space to do the work or to do more partnerships or whatever it might be. That voice has me say yes to a lot of things. And maybe you can relate to that. How often are you saying yes when a friend needs help when really you're like, I have nothing to give, but you say yes. 
And we say yes because we're good people. We say yes because we're loving people. We say yes because we want to help other people. In fact, one of the things that the McKinsey study found is that women were more likely to support their colleagues who were also going through burnout. So women support their colleagues more often than men did. So while women were totally burnt out, if their employees were burnt out, their friends at work were burnt out, their teams were burnt out, the women senior leaders did more to help the employees navigate all those challenges than their male peers did. Women are 60% more likely to focus on emotional support. And that is a beautiful thing. That's what makes us great mothers. It's what makes us great sisters and friends and daughters. It's what made us. It's like it's part of our biology that has helped us survive for thousands of years because we would take care of the whole community. But when we're doing that at the expense and of ourselves and no one is taking care of us, then it's like we have nothing left to give. Last year after my Paris retreat, and by the way, my Paris retreat, all my retreats are so good. But if you've ever wanted to go to Paris with a group of women in the most fun, most incredible, like most outrageous, we're ascending up the Eiffel Tower, screaming our dreams from high up into the air, screaming our desires. And then we all toast to our dreams and desires over champagne. If you're wanting the kind of experience where I take you to the Seine to release, like we burn up all the things that have been getting in your way. And then we throw them into the Seine all the way to like, we're dancing, we're howling at the moon, we're eating croissant, we're eating gelato. I mean, if you want that kind of experience, then send my team an email, team at purposegirl.com to get on. On the list for that retreat, which I don't even know if I'm going to do it this summer, next summer, or for a future retreat, because I'm telling you my retreats are the best. But I had led 10 women through a five-day retreat in Paris, and I had nothing left to give. I mean, understandably, right? I mean, there were full days that started at like 8 a.m. We went out to dinner until like 10, 11 p.m. I mean, I had nothing left to give after that. So Josh and I went to the Champagne region, and I remember saying to Josh at the time, I have like 0% of my battery left. I have nothing. And then I would keep checking in with him every couple of hours while we were in the Champagne region. So we had a little hot tub and I got in the hot tub. And after being in the hot tub for about an hour, I said to him, okay, I'm at about 10%. And then we went to a couple of different wine wineries, right? Champagne houses. And I said, okay, I think I'm at like a 20%. And then we took a nap and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm at a 30%. And then... It was like he took care of Shay at a time when I could have taken care of Shay. And I, okay, now I'm at a 35%, right? And it was like I watched my battery fill and fill and fill. There's so much talk in self-care about like filling up your own cup before you fill someone else's or putting on your own mask in an airplane before you put someone else's. But as my dear friend, soul sister, colleague, and client, Marjolein Vanderkloek, beautifully said on social media recently, if we only think about filling our cup as for other people, then even our self-care is for someone else. Like it's so kind of messed up, right? By the way, she's a genius in self-love. You want to check her out. Be your own best friend, B-Y-O-B-F-F. And isn't that true? Like if we put it in those terms, and it's true, we know from the social contagion theory that however one person feels, that seeps into other people's feelings. And so when you are unhappy, that's going to seep into your child, your partner, if you have one, your neighbors, your friends, your colleagues at work. So we know that there is social emotional contagion, which means that whatever emotions you feel get passed on. However, if we say all of our self-care is just so that we can be better for our kids, it's like, oh, one more thing that we're doing for someone else. And so... 
I had this massive realization on that cold, hard basement floor that I had to start caring for myself in a whole new way. And what that has meant for me is doing some really hard things. The first thing I did is I went to my team and I shared how burnt out I was. I shared how overwhelmed. They know that I've been sick, but I shared that like, I need us all to take a break. I said, can you all work half time or should we just like take a full break? And so my team is on pause right now. They're like, go take care of yourself, Karen. Because for me, having the responsibility to take care of them and their families and their livelihood, which is so important to me, I never want to shirk that responsibility, means that that part of my brain that's not yet healed, that's making me say, go do more, go do more programs, go sell more, make sure that you can pay your payroll, like all of it. Like I had to kind of stop that while I do the bigger work, which is working with those voices. So number one was I said to my team, like, we're going to take a pause. And they were so beautiful. We have policy or it's part of our culture on our team here that we're raw, we're authentic, we're transparent. And so I have created that culture here and they all appreciate it so much. They're like, we love you. Please go take care of yourself. And I was crying saying, I never want to put you in a pinch where now you're going to be out some money, which is why I said, like, can we do a little halftime? And they were like, no, we got it. We want you to be so 100% healthy in order to be what we know you can be, which is the leader of this huge movement. Like you, Karen, are meant to lead the movement of woman, of reclaiming woman, reclaiming our womanhood, reclaiming our power, living our purpose, being the leaders that we were born to be. And so we hung up that call. I was crying. And it's like, I would have dreamt that I would then have space for a month or two to really take care of me and to spend mornings meditating and journaling, to go for runs and start exercising again. Like in my head, taking time off sounds so good. Except there's that deeper voice that I was telling you about who just started bashing me. Are you crazy? You can't take this time. You're going to become obsolete. You are ruining everything. You're ruining things for your family. You're ruining things for yourself. You're never going to be what you said that you could be. You're never going to live to your full potential. I mean, that voice is so mean inside me. And I had to do the deep, hard work that first week of breathing through that voice, working with that voice, seeing who she was, what she really needed and wanted. And what I discovered is that that fear voice was a teenage self who just was so desperate to belong, so desperate to be loved and to be liked that she says yes to everything. She's the chameleon. She's the one who tells me you've got to just do better, do better, do better. And then the more I worked with her and loved her. And so some simple things. So what I'm putting into practice are some bigger things and some smaller things. And I want to share all of them with you so that as always, you can take what works for you. You can leave the rest and you can adapt this and see what would it look like for you. So I made the decision that every day, no matter what, I was going to spend 10 minutes in meditation. Now, before having Shay, I used to do a lot more daily meditation. I know through all of my divine feminine training that we need to feed the feminine first. Now, what does that mean? The masculine 
is the do, 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 go, 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 get all A's, get ahead, do more, get that promotion, go, go, go. And women, we are incredible at this. We're so good. It's like we are womaning from our masculine all the freaking time because we have to, right? Like we've got to get the lunches made and we've got to get soccer practice done and we've got to get the report done and we've got to go for the promotion. Like we're so good at this. But when we do that, we're not honoring our inherent feminine nature. And by the way, every human has both masculine and feminine qualities. So this isn't man, woman, but there's an inherent feminine quality that is the being. And the being is the place of slowness, of stillness, of pause, of being able to hear. We go into stillness, we go into pause to be able to hear our deeper truth, our deeper desires, our deeper wisdom. Being is the place of inspiration. Being is the place of our senses where we're listening to music. We're paying attention to the sounds. We're paying attention to the scents. We're paying attention to the taste. It's like the sensuality of our bodies. Our bodies are meant to be set like sensually filled. A woman's body is the best compass that we have is our body saying, yes, this is the right thing for me, or no, this is not the right thing for me. But when we're in doing, doing, doing mode, we're out of a different part of our brain. And so we shut off. The body's like, I need rest. And we're like, we don't have time to rest. The body is like, oh, I really just need some time with girlfriends. And the brain is like, we, we can't do that. That's the last to go. Right. So it's like, The feminine is the place of really paying attention with our body and letting our body, your body will never lie to you. If something is a hell yes, something is a no, your body, but we have to be able to slow down to be able to hear it. The feminine is also the place of creation, right? Every being alive comes from woman. So whether you've ever had children or ever will, doesn't matter. So the woman is creatrix. And if you actually think about it, a woman has an egg and the egg just sits there like emitting great pheromones like emitting light like a lighthouse and the sperm have to do 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 and swim to her so think about like queen egg like this is how conception works a woman's egg doesn't go looking for sperm doesn't go hustle for the sperm doesn't go do 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 to get the sperm to get to soccer practice no she's a queen and she sits and she emits her light and she waits for all of it to come to her Now, that doesn't mean that we're passive in our lives. It means that the feminine is the place of receiving. The feminine is the place of taking care of our own light first. The feminine is the place of being in a knowing. The feminine is the place of receiving and like, ooh, yes, receiving that compliment. Ooh, yes, receiving a gift. Ooh, yes, receiving, receiving, receiving. But as women, we're terrible at receiving. Here's the thing. It's not our fault. We do all of these behaviors, these do-do-do behaviors and these, it's never enough, it's never enough, I've got to do more. The burnout behaviors, the self-doubt behaviors, the living from fear and I'm not good enough or I'm too much behaviors because the patriarchy wanted it that way. They know, and I mean, it's been documented for as long as there's been history, which is since there's been writing, right? And so remember, history is who tells the story because It was whoever could write who told the stories and who could write back in the day were men who wrote in the way that we now can read. And they would tell the story that a woman was seductive, right? They would tell the story that woman wanted knowledge. Eve, Pandora, wanted knowledge, but that was like evil. 
And so the story has been told in a way that us being in our feminine was being evil. It's like being ourselves in our beautiful bodies. Being ourselves dancing was like, it's too much for some men. There are many religions where a woman has to cover up completely because a man can't control himself. Now, not all men, but like, I'm just talking about kind of historically how this was written. And so we learned, oh, okay, so I'm going to shut off everything about my body intuition. Because if a woman had intuition and could predict things or was clairvoyant or women got together, it was called witchy. And then women were burnt at the stake or stoned to death or killed for it. And so we've learned to cut off our greatest tool, which is our bodies. So self-care means taking exquisite care of our greatest instrument, which is our body. Self-care means you're going to take care of your heart, of your soul. And you're going to get to those deeper fears, the deeper voices and learn how to work with them so that you start saying yes when you mean yes and you start saying no when you mean no. We stop all of the pleasing, even if it's going to hurt someone else. We speak our voice, even if it's going to hurt someone else. And so over the last couple of weeks, the first thing I did was have to be brutally honest with my team, which was so hard. I'm telling you, I wanted to vomit. And then as soon as I told them, I wanted to take it back. No, 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 I'll go hustle. I'll go do another program. No, 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 we're going to keep doing this. And it was like, I had to really, really work with that voice. So I discovered this teenager and the opportunity, real self-care is learning to love her and give her the love and tell her she belongs, no matter how many people listen to my podcast or join my programs or pay us money to coach with me. It's my job to love her and become like the mother to her or the best friend to her that she needed then. And then from there, I've gone on and been like, well, where did she come from? And it just so happens that my mom came to visit us for a couple of days in the last few weeks. And in talking to my mom, I had a big realization, which was, I always wanted to be her favorite. Maybe every kid does. I don't know. Maybe I should like think about it. That's like some sort of psychopath behavior, but I really wanted to be her favorite. And so for me, how could I be her favorite if I got all A's, if I was perfect, right? Because my parents did say, we got it right the third time. You're a perfect child. So it's like, oh, well, if I want to be mom's favorite, I just need to do all these things. And so it's like even the teenager and part of being popular was my parents thought I was so awesome that I was super popular. And so when I felt like I wasn't popular, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to lose my parents love. They're going to find out I'm a total fraud. I better do more to be more popular. I better be on the cheerleading squad. I better win student council. I bet. Right. And so I've been working with these younger parts of myself. I'm loving them. That's deep self-care. And I do inner child work with clients all the time. And I did deep inner child work maybe like 12 years ago or something. And I do have done a little bit of it in the last however long. But like what I'm doing right now for real self-care is deep work with all of these parts of me. To love them, to let them have a voice, to tell me what they need. Because when they're screaming at me saying, just go do more, what's underneath that is that they're actually saying, Hey, I'm scared I'm going to lose love. Hey, I'm scared. Hey, I need some love. Hey, I feel afraid right now. Hey, I feel unsafe. And so it's the deep work of really loving on all of these parts of me. And that's like the deeper work so that I actually am saying yes when I mean yes and no when I mean no. And that's leading even to some hard but really beautiful conversations in my marriage 
where even just this morning before taping this, Josh and I were able to have a conversation and I shared something with him that I haven't before about a desire I have in the relationship and how I've been feeling because I'm deeply, deeply taking care of myself. Similarly, I'm deeply taking care of my mind, my heart, my body, and my soul right now. So a piece of that is I actually really love dropping Shay off at school. But before I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to go start work and I'll right, get to work, get to work. But no, again, we feed the feminine first, especially because if the feminine is inspiration and the masculine is action, think about how many actions you take every day. It's just like, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing. And like at the end of the day, you'll be like, what did I even do today? It's just that we were doing so many things, checking emails or social media or whatever it was. And we check in with the feminine first. We pause first so that actions we take come from inspiration so that you're grounded in yourself first. You're grounded in your heart and your soul. And you're saying, oh, what's most important to me today? What do I need today? Okay, then that's the action I'm going to take. Right? And then we're able then to say, do I really need to do that today? No. Like really need to. Right? And so it's like this deciphering that is so important for us to be able to end burnout. The other thing is that I'm so much better off when I fill my soul before I do anything else. Now, how do I fill my soul? I fill my soul with affirmations. I fill my soul by getting out the gunk. Like, here are the things I had nightmares about, or here are the things I'm anxious about. Here are the things that I'm afraid of, or this is just what I'm thinking. Like recently with the election, I was been so afraid of what would happen now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. And are we going to have this big red wave where now women's rights to choose are going to go away and then LGBTQ rights are going to go away. And like, I mean, I've been afraid. And so like part of it is like every morning a soul cleansing. And here's what that looks like for me. I wake up and I do at least 10 minutes of meditation. Now, if you're somebody that your brain goes all over the place, that's actually normal in meditation. Meditation isn't being totally empty in your mind. Meditation is noticing when your mind goes astray and gently bringing it back. But that can be really hard. And what I have found, especially as I'm like really doing all of this inner self-care right now, is that what I actually need is waking up and being guided by somebody else. So I go on to Insight Timer and I find a meditation that speaks to whatever I'm feeling. This morning, I wanted something that would be about believing in myself and affirmations around that. So I found a six-minute meditation. I played it twice. Some days it's healing anxiety. Some days it's doing a check-in with my body. Some days it's breathing exercises. So I'm really spending the time asking myself, what do I most need today? Where do I most need to heal? Where do I most need the love and the care? And then I go onto Insight Timer and I find a meditation. Now to do that, I had to have the conversation with Josh of, hey, this has to be part of my morning every morning. And he's not opposed to it. He actually, before we had Shay, he would say to me all the time, have you meditated today? And I'd be like, no. And he's like, go do it. Because he knows I'm better when I feed the feminine first. Then what I need is I need to actually journal. Julia Cameron in The Artist's Way, which is all about becoming unblocked creatively, that we need to do something called the morning pages, which is just to free write because we have so many thoughts that go through our head all the time. And I'm not doing three pages, but I do find it's just helpful for me to get out the gunk. And then I'll ground into gratitudes, right? So it's like every morning I'm making sure that I am saying what I'm grateful for. 
I actually have started that now as a breakfast practice. What are we grateful for? So I'm trying to teach Shay what gratitude means and grateful. And Josh had a great idea. He redefined it as what are we happy about? And listen, he's not saying anything right now. So Josh and I are saying the things back and forth. But it's like important to me that I'm creating these practices for me, first and foremost. And then, of course, for my family, because I'm trying to shift us overall to feeding the feminine first. I also then find I need to move my body. So I've been having so much fun. I drop Shay off at school, which is like fun for me, right? Like, yes, I'm a badass, hardworking CEO. I'm running an institute for women. I run a multi six figure business. I have a team of five. Like I have dozens and dozens of clients. Like I'm a badass. And I didn't work this hard to have a child or to get where I am in life and not be able to do the simple little things I enjoy. I enjoy being a mom at drop-off. So I'm dropping him off every day now, and there's a park right near him. I go to the park and I take a run in the fall leaves, and it's beautiful. And I've actually been taking classes while I run. So I've bought a ton of different online classes at different times. I've never taken them, and it is feeling so good. Again, what I'm doing before I start any work, before I do a podcast episode, before I do a client call, before I check my email, before I scroll social media, I am nourishing and nurturing my body, my heart, my soul, my mind. It has felt so freaking good. And then I come back and I shower. Here's the thing. Before, I would like go days without showering, but now it feels so good. I'm taking care of my whole self. Now, because I work for myself, I also have adjusted my hours where I don't start teaching or doing anything until 10 o'clock. So I have that space. Sometimes it's 11 o'clock and you may not have as much flexibility. I totally get it. What I'm doing on the days where maybe I don't is like yesterday, I woke up at 5 a.m. and said, my time for myself will be five to six. Now in the past, what I would do is 5 a.m. I wake up anyway and I'm like, please let me go back to bed. Why can't I go back to bed? I just want to sleep, uh, uh, right? And I toss and I turn and then I would do some like mind tricks, affirmations, watching sheep jump over a fence, whatever it might've been, counting sheep. I was talking to my friend Kelly about this and she's like, well, why don't you just get out of bed? And I said, because it's so cozy. And then I was like, oh, well, there's my answer. I want to be cozy at 5 a.m. Cool. So now at 5 a.m., get out of bed, go downstairs, make tea, really yummy tea, like cinnamon, caramel apple is what I made yesterday. Go into my living room, turn on the fireplace, wrap myself in blankets and pillows, and then turn on my 10-minute meditation. And then open up my journal, write out all the things. And then I was tired again, and I laid down until I heard Shay wake up. So it was such a much more beautiful practice than just tossing and turning in bed. I fed my heart, my soul, my pussy, my everything. The other thing I'm really doing is I'm actually pausing with my work and I am still coaching and teaching the same. I'm doing the podcast with all of you, but rather than just run and jump into like, okay, I got to do the website for Institute of Women. I've got to do the logo. I've, what are the things I'm teaching? I'm actually doing research. I sent out a survey for everybody on my newsletter list and was like, hey, what are the challenges of being a woman? What's coming up for you? What do you most desire? So that I'm being much more methodical and slow in creating. And what I'm actually doing with this self-care, this is in line with the seasons, which is how women's bodies were always meant to operate. If you think about your period, some people call it your moon cycle because a 28-day cycle was always in cycle with the moon. 
women's bodies and our lives, not just women, but human lives always went with the seasons. And the winter was more hibernation, storing food for the winter, being indoors. It's more introspective. And so it feels like such a beautiful time to be doing this self-care work of what needs to fall away. Think about the leaves that are falling to the ground. What in your life needs to fall away? For me, that was the hustle. That was the doing for everyone else first. That was some of these fear voices. Where do you need to go inside into hibernation in order to do some healing? Right? It's like we're going with the season. Where do you need to have more solid ground? Think about how solid the ground becomes in the winter. And it's so interesting because trees, we talk about them kind of dying in the winter or being dormant. They're not. They're actually gaining strength and in their roots so they can become deeper roots and grow bigger and stronger for next spring. If you look at a baby tree when it's planted, each spring it comes back bigger. It comes back more luscious with more fruit, with more flowers. The same can be true of us taking like a sacred pause for ourselves. And what I want to suggest is that it's not just like a one-time pause because I've done this before after the miscarriages, I took a little pause. What I'm being so intentional about is that I'm doing the inner work of self-love, the inner work of self-compassion, the inner work with the voices, the inner works that I'm saying no, and the inner works that I'm saying yes to myself. I'm doing the beautiful inner work And in doing so, now the creative juices are starting to flow. It's only been two, three weeks. The creative juices are so flowing right now. And it's like, ooh, but I'm not running and jumping into making a program. Instead, I'm like, ooh, yeah, what do I really want to teach women? Ooh, what are the things that are coming up? Ooh, what do they need? And it's going about my work in such a different way. And I'll tell you, the other piece of this is really looking at our finances in a whole new way. Like I used to know a lot of finances because in my first marriage, he would spend a lot of money. We overdrafted all the time. It freaked me out. Like I was a nervous wreck all the time about money. And so I made myself a promise that I would never have to look at a bank account again. Well, that's fine (laughs) when you have, you know, unlimited funds, but it's not even fine because then I wasn't being a good steward of my money. That was not self-care and self-love. Self-care and self-love is knowing what is in my bank account. What do I want to spend my money on? What do I want to save? What do I need to bring in? How do I want to take care of my money? How do I want to treat my money? Right? If I'm ignoring money, money's going to ignore me. If I'm saying, ugh, 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 I don't want to see you, it's, not, it's going to do the same with me. And then it didn't even feel good. Like I set it up because it felt so bad to look at my account 20 years ago, but it wasn't feeling good. And so part of what I'm doing now, Josh and I sat down and we said, What does it actually take to run our household, to run our business? And I know it might seem silly, like, why didn't we do that before? We didn't need to, which is great. But like, no, deep self-care, it's so much more than a manicure. It's the hard work. I told my coach, I can't look at my bank account because I have PTSD, right, from my first marriage. So I was like, no, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get myself a latte. I'm going to talk to money and tell her, I love you. I want to be a good steward of you. I want to take care of you. I want you to take care of our family. I want us to have a beautiful friendship and relationship. Wrote money a letter, got myself a cappuccino at my favorite cafe. And then I opened my computer and I started really looking at the numbers. And then I contacted my accountant and I said, I want to meet with you. I want to understand my P&L statement. I want us to meet every quarter so that we can really go through things. Josh and I talked about what was important in our finances, what isn't important in our finances. And we talked about that I don't want to be doing nothing right now. 
And for almost a year, I've been feeling into a very high level, year long divine feminine leadership initiation. I can't even call it a program. It's priestess initiation. And years ago, I went through priestess initiation, learning the tools and remembering the ancient tools of the feminine, diving deep into them, expanding in my divinity, mystical, magical, spiritual. And for almost a year, I've been called to take women through this deep initiation. And with all that has been happening in the world and here in the United States, if ever there was a time for divine feminine leadership, it's now. And so I wrote up what I would want that to be. And without making a big splash in all these places, I emailed a few clients and said, this is what I'm going to be doing next year, a year-long initiation, and I would love for you to be with me. And the women are gathering. And so even during this pause, financially, beautiful money is coming into us, and I get to create something beautiful. But it's in such a different way than it's been in the past. And listen, that is the highest level thing I'm doing. And probably even before January, I'll be coming out with the next course that's for everybody and accessible and financially feasible for everyone, like truly. And I'm going to do it in my own time. And so these are all of the ways that feel so good to me that I'm taking such beautiful, extreme self-care right now that goes so much beyond the bubble bath, which I'm also doing. I'll probably go do right now after I finish taping this. And so let me wrap this up with some purpose power tools. Number one, be honest with yourself. Be honest about your own level of burnout, your own overwhelm, and be honest about why you're feeling that. What are the true patterns and behaviors? Because it's not just that you have a ton on your plate. I know you have a ton on your plate. And are you wasting time away on social media that those are a couple of hours that could be spent instead taking care of your heart and soul? Are you saying yes to your neighbors, your friends, when really You need a beautiful, sacred pause and a beautiful, sacred no. So be honest with yourself. Number two, declare that you're going to devote time to self-care, real self-care, and you're going to devote energy. And even if you aren't feeling at the moment that you're worthy of it, declare that you're going to do it not because it's better for your kids and not because you're putting your own mask on first like an airplane, but because you're worthy of it. And I know that you might not feel that, but still make that promise to yourself. Number three, get honest with yourself about the patterns and where the voices come from and discover what are the inner voices within you. Is it an inner teenager, an inner eighth grader, an inner three-year-old, 10-year-old? And either get support from a therapist, a coach, me, anybody, or find the books that help you to talk to those voices and really learn to love them because that's going to shift everything for you. Four, Feed the feminine first. For me, that's daily meditation. You can get it for free on the Insight Timer app, Calm app, YouTube. There's tons out there. I've got meditations on purposegirl.com that are really financially accessible, that are really inexpensive. Like wherever you get some food for your soul, make that a part of every morning, even if it means you need to wake up 20 minutes before your kids do. Give yourself that gift. If it's coffee, if it's tea, if it's an oat milk latte, it's sitting, it's journaling, it's getting out the stuff that needs to come out of your brain and filling up, right? So it's like we get out the muck and then you fill up with the good stuff. Five, your body. Start really listening to your body and what she needs and saying yes and saying no. Six, what are the conversations that you need to have, the ways that you need to speak up? 
and take care of your nervous system as you do that. Seven, get honest with yourself about your work in the world. What do you really want to do? What are your real dreams? What would you do if there were no consequences? Like, let's really get honest with ourselves and start taking small steps toward it because it will fill your freaking soul. It's going to feel so good. And there are more, but at least I just gave you a lot of places to start. With that, my love, I'm going to go take my bubble bath. I love you so much. Remember, find me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind, C-A-R-I-N-R-O-C-K-I-N-D. Join the Purpose Girls Facebook group. We're more than 5,000 women strong. Get on my newsletter. That's where you'll be the first to know about all the things that are going to be coming and about what I'm doing and additional blogs and additional information and free courses and all that kind of thing. You go to PurposeGirl.com to sign up for that. And of course, share this podcast with every woman you know who is burnt out. And let's face it, which one of us isn't? That's how we change the world, one woman at a time. With that, my love, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.